Hello and welcome to the 130th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Hunter's Legacy by Lenzo. Adolfo, who are you and what do you do? Hello, Chris. Hello to you and hello to everyone listening to the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I am Adolfo. I'm a game developer for the uh, studio called Lienzo in Mexico. So as you may notice by now, English is not my first language, so you may get some a bit of accent here and there. Just keep that in mind, okay? So, uh, yeah, I'm the marketing and PR manager for the studio, for Lienzo. We are one of the very few game development studios in our country. And uh, basically one of our uh, biggest goals is to make people uh, think about games, about video games when they hear the word Mexico, which isn't really the case right now. But we want to change that and we want to provide a space for the local talent and the creative community here in our city, in our region to develop themselves and just being able to create this, uh, this uh, big projects, big works in video games because we believe that video games are the ultimate uh, art form. We believe that video games are the best way to tell a story and we just want all of these uh, creative minds to be able to fully develop themselves in games and not uh, have all of this wasted potential uh, that we usually see over here. I've got to say, we've had uh, some people from Brazil. I know I shouldn't lump yourselves because you're Central America, uh, and that's long for me to do that. But what I'm trying to say is that from that region, you know, uh, Portuguese, Spanish-speaking region, uh, it's a really vibrant, and again, sounding patronising, but I can't wait to describe it. There's a huge video game development community Throughout the whole region, and it's been, it's been video games are massively popular in that part of the world. Is that right? I'm, again, I don't want to be patronising. Give me another word, but I'm right in that's, saying that, aren't I? It's, it's true. Yeah, that that's certainly right, and uh, it's it's more than anything else. It's growing a lot. Yeah. Uh, for instance, Brazil and Mexico are the number one, number two uh, countries uh, in terms of uh, the number of gamers of new gamers each year so yes we I'm are right. i'm right oh good <laughs> that's right we, we are the fastest growing gaming communities in the world and that also translates to uh more and more small game development studios in our regions uh unfortunately there isn't really much support or interest in uh, in especially when speaking about the government or public institutions right because it's a very new thing to our region and and especially to the older generations, uh, but we do we are indeed seeing uh, a bigger and bigger support. For instance, when we first began uh, f- creating the studio, many people told us that it was impossible for us to be able to do this here, that nobody would take us seriously. And well, I mean, here we are. We're a fully funded studio with uh, a game on consoles and PC and everywhere else, and an, and also an upcoming game later this year so it's possible and we want to in a way maybe inspire us to do the same over here and everywhere in the world because the more studios and more creative minds doing good projects the better for all of us yeah and from you know for, for so long here i'm living in a country that's sort of very very long history of making video games as you're well aware and uh, as with north america and japan and continental europe we've been just 
we just we're the ones to do it. And everyone's just like, right. yes, and we've got, just got the history of just making them because of reasons. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's a whole world. It's, it's the, it's, it's, it's not quite spherical, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's a big world out there. And to have one of the things that we're all sort of driving for and one of the things the industry needs, and it's a, it's a joke I say to developers when I'm on the show and they seem to appreciate it is we need more people making video games who don't really have much interest in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> because it makes it more diversified and makes it more interesting and we get more cultural influences that we're not familiar with and it's just really fun and exciting uh and i can't you know it's so when i saw saw your game i had no idea where it, where it came from no idea that it was made you guys in mexico had, had made it i just thought oh this is, this is an awesome game i I, you know, probably made the assumption there's somewhere in North America or something, or even mm-hmm. UK or, or European game. That's what I made the assumption. And then I, oh, really? Wow. This looks, you know, awesome. And we'll talk about Hunter's Legacy in detail presently. Before we do, I want to know a little bit more about you. How did you make your start making video games? Oh, well, I mean, uh, the studio was founded back uh, by the end of 2012. Right. And it was it was just founded by people who uh, who share this passion for games, for video games and and this medium, right? Right. Uh, I I joined the studio a bit later than that. Yes. And I, I'm personally I'm an industrial engineer. Okay. And uh, here in 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 this city, all, almost all industrial engineers and I mean any engineer just goes out to work on the manufacturing industry. And I, me personally, I despise that. I just don't like that kind of work. Right. But I was being just uh, trained for that kind of stuff, and I didn't like it. And I and I thought that it was a bit of a wasted potential because um, my career, my degrees, is a very broad thing that can be applied to almost anything. So I was like, well, why I cannot do this but in games? And I was a bit frustrated by the fact that people told me, well, because you are here and there is an, and that industry is not present here, so you're screwed. And I was like, no, I'm not. I can't do this. So uh, just doing a bit of research, I found that I found these guys at Lienzo. And I mean, I just I, I and to me, it was like I need to join this team. I need to do this. I need to be here. And um, when I found about Lienzo, the studio was and on was uh, going through the uh, I don't want to say like a difficult period, but yeah, I kind of was because the studio was looking actively for funding for a project, and so the, so there was not a single penny on the studio's pockets or anyone. So it was uh, they they really needed uh, a hand. They needed uh, people that loved this as much as they did. And uh, they needed help. They, need, they needed all this, all, all the work they could get. So I, I just jumped over very quickly. I thought that this was a very good opportunity for me to learn the stuff and to just do what I love to do. And I joined the studio and um, just helping the guys with all the PR stuff and, and reaching out to the audience, to the gamers, to the press, to investors, to everyone out there in the world. And I love it. The, uh, from the first moment and we we it was such a, a, a cool journey and we finally got the funding and we finally got the full production going on and just immediately after I uh, finished I, I finished school 
when the moment I got my 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 degree was actually when we got the funding. So it was just a very uh, good timing for us, for me especially. And I just joined the studio full time, uh, working. I've been working uh, over there for quite a time now, and it's it's been such a blast. And it's it's especially satisfying. Uh, being able to prove many people wrong in the sense that many people just look down on us, right? Because uh, especially here in, in, in our region, video games are still seen for many people as a childish thing, as a thing that is not serious at all. And uh, and when you tell people, oh, I make video games, they're like, oh, but I mean your real job. What's your real job, right? And I'm like, no, I make video games. That's my real job. And they don't see that as something serious. And just being able to prove them wrong and just being able to have a full-time paid job doing this, it's 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 a dream, really. It's, it's a dream come true. And I can't wait to keep doing this and, and to surprise the audience with more and more cool projects and cool games coming forward. Yeah, it's... Uh... It, it is frustrating, and it's something that we in the UK have suffered from. Even you'd be be surprised, uh, it's still got a stigma attached to it, but nowhere near as bad as it used to be. And uh, it's okay to be a games developer now uh, because that's a thing that exists in the world, and it it makes a lot of money. People now understand it because they they sit there with their smartphones, and one breath they go, "What you 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 make video games?" And then they're standing there playing a video game in their hand, like. Yes, like what you're doing now. You know, it's like, oh, right. You know, it's it's a real thing. It's a real creative endeavor. And, you know, what you said earlier about video games being the ultimate art form. It certainly is an art form. Um, and it's one that encompasses all the rest of them into one. So you have music. You have art. art illustration, shall we say. You have storytelling, so sort of writing. Uh, you have many other art forms that are all embroiled in that interactivity, and it's all in one combined thing. Uh, whereas you know you hear about music artists spending years just writing an album; it's all they're doing, just making some music. Whereas that's just one part of a, a greater whole that is a video game. So, yeah, it's it is you're quite right. It's an extraordinary medium to express your ideas and your, you know, and uh, to, to to tell a story and uh, to engage the, 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 the audience far more than most other mediums because they have to do something, typically, not always, but typically in order to experience it. I agree, I agree, 100%. Yeah, it's a very uh, big, broad form of, of entertainment and art. It's also a very challenging, but I think that the challenge even adds up to... Uh, to the interesting uh, aspect of it. And I mean, also just being able to connect with people through your art, through your game, just having someone tell you that uh, your game made them happy or made them have a very, very good time or made them even connect to somebody else. Those kinds of comments, those kinds of experiences that we get from people, they make all of this worth it very, very much. Yep, all the hard work comes to vision so have you made any games yourself i mean uh, is it something you've done is it something you've, you've tried to do yourself as a child or you know like me myself or yeah. just 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 me yeah. no i ha- i haven't uh all, all the game the games uh stuff that i've worked on right i have been at lienzo i didn't work on games before i wanted to 
but just uh, I had I had a, a part time job and school was very demanding and right. I really wanted to get into this after I I got out of school. Yeah. But now that I got this uh, this gig at Valencia, it's it's. I'm just focused on the work that we are there, and uh, also the team. I believe that the team that we have over there is a very talented team. I do believe that we have the best uh, programmers, the best artists in uh, the entire north of the country, and that for me, that is, it's, it's. I feel very proud of working with these guys. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a very cool thing to to share the workspace with some of the most talented people I've ever met. Really. So. As a studio, what do you think when you're working on this on 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 games? I know you've released uh, Hunter's Legacy, which is your first, but uh, there's going to be more, no doubt. But I know you can't reveal what you're working on next. But what do you think, as creators of video games, do you find you're most influenced by? Well, um, I I think we 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 personally we find a lot of influence in a lot of the older, uh, especially for Hunter's Legacy, in a lot of the 16-bit games. Right. Like like Super Metro and like the, those kind of, of of games. We in terms of their game design and how they are built together as experiences that treat the players with a lot of intelligence. Mm-hmm. We are inspired by that. And me personally, I'm very very inspired by an indie studio uh, called Squad. They are they are based in Mexico City. Uh, they are the developers of Kerbal Space Program. Wow! Yes, they are. They are. That's the a work of, of genius. That thing. Absolutely, <laughs> and they 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 made the impossible. Like they made a big a big hit, a big success in the industry from Mexico City. And they are they, they and they did this uh, before it was even cool to be a game developer, yeah. and they just went on this and they made a huge, huge game. And I met them a few a few months ago over there at an event from Xbox in Mexico City, and they are some of the coolest people I've ever met. They are so humble, so cool, so nice, and I, I I'm very inspired by the work they did and how they managed to just uh, put out a game. That that you don't even know that it's Mexican, and when you play it, and you only know if you go deep into it and you do some research on the studio, but how they made a game that is so successful and connected with an audience, with a niche audience, but they really, really connected with this audience, and they just hit gold with that. I'm very inspired by their messaging and by the way they did that. Yeah, I think uh, releasing the game very early in that state because of the nature of that game. And how difficult it was to communicate, and how because you know you're you're doing something, you're flinging people into space, uh, and uh, it really was that chaotic back in the sixties. Uh, no one knew what was going on. No one knew what they were doing. They were just making it up as they went along, and uh, that's what you do with Kerbal Space Program. So yeah, that's certainly been a wonderful thing to be inspired by, to actually be influenced by and inspired by certainly. And, and they got they got the NASA on board. I mean, come on, yeah, the yeah, NASA. They did. That's yeah, NASA that's went, an achievement. Yeah, that's that is, that's that is, something big. They, they, well, NASA's are filled with nerds anyway, so they like their games <laughs> and like, oh, wow, this this game's awesome. They're just making it up. As a, that's what we do. And uh, yeah, it's it's um, it is terrifying when the, when the, something goes horribly wrong because you really feel really really feel for those little kerbals. It just it's just not it's not right. Right. Um, right. But um, anything else do you think you glean from? I mean, you talked about 
you know other video games anything any other mediums or things that you 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 feel that your studio is inspired by well i'm 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 inspired also by uh, many uh websites and podcasts around the world because of of the way that they connect to people and me as a pr guy for the studio i just look up to some of these of the of the most uh, well known influencers in the gaming industry mm-hmm. and the way they connect to their audience and that's what i really strive to be i strive to be a person that connects with their audience they do by communicating other other people's games i want to do so by communicating our own games to these people and that inspires me a lot i'm also very inspired by by just uh talking to people talking to our players and just hearing what they have to say about our game and uh, going to these big events and having people play the the demo test our our work and i'm very inspired by just hanging out with people and meeting new people i think this is a a very refreshing thing for any uh, any anyone in this industry as well yeah yeah, I mean, the expos. I go to PAX East. Uh, well, East is in about a month, uh, and I'll be going to Rest as well. So yeah, they're all very important events, and they do. Right. You know, it's a great opportunity for you to link with your audience. Absolutely. Oh, and also, I mean, last thing, I'm very inspired by the responsibility not only of just making the studio work, mm-hmm. but I feel that we at Lens, we also have the responsibility of making this industry work. Right in our region because we know that there are many aspiring developers that are looking up to us and are look and are looking at us as an example in a way. Yeah. And and if we fail, that would be like a huge hit for many of them because we will what kind of message will we will we be giving to aspiring developers in our city, in our region. So uh, we feel very responsible in, in being successful so that more people get inspired into doing this kind of stuff. So that sense of pressure and responsibility also gives me a lot of fuel to make the best work I can and and create and just give some life to this uh, to the gaming industry in our country. Yeah, it's uh, certainly something to, to – it's great to recognize that because it's, uh, it's important to uh, have a proper base to build from. So I think you've answered this question already, but what developer do you most admire in, in, in the video game industry and why? Well, uh, talking about indie developers, I mentioned, yeah, these the guys at Squad yeah. because of just how much they achieved. Uh, they, 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 they really achieved something very, very, very good mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of, uh, of just creating a big project, a big success in a place where nobody did it before. So that's that's a big inspiration for me because in a sense we are sort of uh, doing trying um, at least trying to do the same thing. We're trying to make a big projects in a place where nobody has done that before. So that that that's a thing that we look up to. Uh, going bigger, going to bigger and better, uh, well known uh, publishers and developers. I can think immediately of two of two. Uh, uh, publishers and developers. Uh, the first CD Project Red. Oh yeah, because they also came out of a country that is not known for uh, for making games like 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 the US or the UK or Canada or Japan. They are from Poland, and they just started. They they had some very humble beginnings as well, and they just they 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 work and, and climb up the ladder 
in the AAA industry, and they they did this, I think, by just putting the player first and just making a game, making games for the gamers, for the audience. And it's paid back to them. Uh, the The Witcher series is one of the best uh, series ever made for me. If you haven't played The Witcher 3, I think you, every single person that has an appreciation for games as an art form must play that game. Right. And and they and, and they made that. I mean, they didn't start making The Witcher 3. They started way before that with smaller stuff, but they just made uh, stuff with passion that that spoke to an audience, and they just they just uh, went bigger and bigger after that. They just followed the nat- the natural course of growing in this industry, and that that's that's something that I. Uh, I admire a lot. Uh, and the second, uh, I like I admire Nintendo a lot because uh, no, I there's a lot of stuff that I don't like about Nintendo, especially in terms of their PR and and polishing side of things. But in as developers, they are very talented. They make some of the best games out there. They understand what a game is. Right. They understand that a game is about fun. They just think about that as a core principle of everything they make. Almost everything they make at the very least, and I, that's something that I think should be admired. And I also love how they always try to push uh, technology and innovation forward, even if it doesn't work every single time. It's something that it, I think is very healthy for the industry. Yeah, um, they 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 do make some amazing games. They're amazing designers and developers. But you're right, they do. Yeah, they're, they're in a strange path, and they're in a strange path right now. <laughs> With uh, definitely, yeah, it was like what's going on? You're just dumping the Wii U because that didn't really work out, did it? And now uh, you're you're trying this other thing which no one can even fathom, and you're releasing it with about four games. What's wrong right. with you? Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what what they're playing at. I don't think they are either. Yeah, they, they make some weird decisions, and also, I mean, the Nintendo creators program for YouTubers, and I mean, we can just go uh, deep and talking yeah, for hours and hours. Yeah, we could on that, but uh, it's, it, it can trigger, but... Uh, okay, well, we're, we're reaching the, the end of the of the first half, and um, this is where we... This is the one question I ask, uh, because uh, we're talking about video games on a podcast, which means I'm legally obliged to ask this question, this, I'm not I'm kidding, of course. But the question is, what are you playing right now? Oh, that's that's a great question. I, I I love to get asked that. So I just finished a few days ago. I finished Titanfall Two, the campaign of the game. Oh yes, I haven't finished that yet. Which, so no spoilers, but it was good, isn't it? No, it's very very good. Yeah, it's very very good. It it reminded me a lot at times of uh, other enough of of the Metroid Prime series, oh, the wow. Metroid Prime trilogy. Okay. Right. And that and that's one that's my favorite trilogy of all time. So that's a very very good thing uh, to remind me of. And I, I finished that game. And right now I'm playing an indie game okay. that many people do not know about because it's exclusive to the Wii U. Ah. <laughs> enough, it's it's, uh, it's called Fast Racing Neo. This game's amazing. It's it's, it's like F Zero, isn't it? Only it's not. It's, it's like F Zero and Wipeout, but uh, it's it's but. Indie, yeah, and it, this is a this is a game made by a, an indie studio called Chin and Multimedia from Germany, I think. That's right, yeah, yeah. And I just uh, when when I saw this game uh, way back, I just uh, I was very interested in that, but I never actually got to play it. Just a few months ago, I saw it on the eShop, and I was like, "Oh, this is a cool F Zero looking game. Let me try it." And I I bought the game, 
and I I'm just hooked to it. Then I I got the DLC, which is great as well. And I've been playing that for the last couple of days. I'm trying to get all the championship, all the cups uh, beaten on on the hardest difficulty, which is uh, which is a bit of a challenge. But I'm just missing one more cup, wow. and then I am done with the game. And I love it. it it's a game that if you own a Wii U. And uh, and if you are looking for something uh, new to play on the Wii U, because when we know it's a console that doesn't have that much of a big catalog to it, get this game. It's very very cheap, and I think it it's one of the best indie games I played probably ever. I love it. it it's so good. It's so good. really really good game. Very very yeah. fast. Very fluid. Uh, very fast. Pushes the yeah, uh, Wii U to places I didn't know it was capable of. Uh, right. And uh, yeah, really really good game. So yeah, good choice. Um, Wow, that's that's. I uh, wasn't expecting that at all. From everything from a regular AAA down to an indie Wii U game, which, like you say, no one's playing, which is sad. Uh, and uh, for Nintendo to basically turn its back on that after all the hoopla that it threw into the world, like here we go, yeah, we're just gonna gonna walk away from it. What? But then again, it's a little bit like what they did. I mean, what they did with the uh, with Microsoft did with the original Xbox. They just said, yeah, you know, we're done with this. Let's just make the 360 and forget the, <laughs> the, the, the the huge block thing that we made that ultimately was a bit of a mistake for the most part. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, good choices of, of games. And uh, I do pl- I've played uh, certainly um, Fast Racing, but I haven't played uh, Titanfall 2 yet. I do have it. I just haven't got around to playing it. I need to sort that out. It's, it's very good. I mean, the the second half of the campaign is especially excellent. Okay, it's it's very very good. It's very good. I, I love it. it. It's 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 a good game. Especially if you're into shooters, it's I think it's a game that you are definitely gonna love. Yeah. Uh, the hell out of it. It's, it's very and good. It's a beautiful game as well. So uh, that that does yeah, that it does is. help. Um, it is. I have it on the Xbox One because I had the original on the Xbox. So I thought, oh well, I had the original on the Xbox One. So I thought, oh, I'll just carry on the same same platform, same format. Uh, that's just the way I roll. But normally, when I buy a video game, if it's on consoles, I'll get the PS4 version uh, because I have a pro and it probably works better. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the end of the first half. It's been relatively painless. Well done. You've made it. Uh, there's no boss monster in this part, but uh, there could be maybe later on. Um, so now we delve deep into the second half where we go and chat at length about Hunter's Legacy. question uh, isn't really a question it's what's known as a zeroth question regular listeners will know what that means but what it basically is me asking you to do the following tell us about Hunter's Legacy what is it 
Absolutely. So uh, Hunter's Legacy, it's this is a 2D uh, action adventure platformer. This is made in a very Metroidvania style. So if you like using like Metroid in Castlevania, this is that that kind of game for you. This is a platformer that stars Iki. Iki is a female cat. She is known as the Great Hunters of Unamak. So in this game, you take the role of Iki in a quest to stop the evil Lord Mordir from wreaking havoc on the kingdom of Iripur. I get it? Iripur? And uh, it's, that's a, a cat yeah, pun. Yeah, cat puns for the win. The... Yes, yeah. There should be more cat <laughs> so, puns in games. Do, do continue. Absolutely. <laughs> so this game this game takes place in a universe that our concept artist created. Uh, this is called the Universe of Something. So this is a, a universe that he created, very inspired by many different, many different uh, brother universes out there, like Lord of the Rings and that kind of stuff. Okay. So this is a big, this is a big universe that he created for games, uh, for not not only for Hunter Legacy, but for many different games and comics and animations and even uh, cartoons and this kind of stuff. So this is the first project that takes part in this universe. And this is a uh, yeah this is this is uh, our first game uh, for the general the gaming public for for PC and consoles. Um, a bit of the story. I don't know. I don't know if you have any questions about the about the development story about this. Um, but this no, my questions this began... are more focused on how the game plays. So please do expand okay. on the story. Okay, so a bit of the short version of the story. So we. Uh, we began making this game back on April 2015. So we have a big project on, on the door, the, uh, a bigger 3D adventure game. But we, uh, back in 2015, we were working on the concept of this other game, and we did a Kickstarter campaign right. for that other game. Uh, unfortunately, that Kickstarter campaign, we didn't reach the goal. But this campaign got us a lot of coverage and a lot of new stories and a, a, a lot of press. So uh, this campaign ended on April 2015. And from April all the way to December, a big part of the studio just got out there and uh, looking for the funding for the studio and for this project. Meanwhile, two members of the studio, a programmer and an artist, got together and they were like, whoa, we want to make a, a smaller game meanwhile, right? So they got together to make a small mobile game with uh with characters and 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 and, and settings of this universe that I just talked about. So they started making Hunter's Legacy, which was supposed to be a very simple platformer for mobile phones that they should uh, that had like a production time span of three months. But they immediately just realized that just uh, making a precise platformer was very tough and very difficult on a mobile device. So they were like, well, platformers and and, and, and very uh, precise and uh, action-packed platformers are enjoyed by a more hardcore gamer audience. And that audience is on PC and consoles. So they were like, well then let's jump this to Steam, right? right. And they yep. began making this game to Steam, and immediately the game just grew out of control, and those three months went out of the window, and <laughs> the game just uh, just expanded itself, and, and it turned out to be a way, way bigger project, which I think, and I, I'm especially, I'm pretty sure that this uh, was for the better of the game because we we are we feel very confident we we like what we uh, what we ended up with 
Yeah. We ended up with with a big uh, a big open open world in 2D in this action platformer with a lot of areas and boss fights and hidden secrets and a lot of a lot of cool stuff that we as gamers like a lot. And this game just grew, grew and grew, and then we released the game on on Steam on last July, July last year, and a, bef- a bit before the release of the game, we were like, well, what about consoles? Because we, uh, as developers in Mexico, and I mean, we see consoles as something like very far away, because uh, almost no one is doing the console thing over here because it's 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 still seen as a very uh, impossible thing for uh, for us. So we were like, well, let's try and reach out to the guys at Sony and Xbox, right? So we reach out to to the guys at PlayStation and Xbox, and and just surprisingly for us, I mean, it was very it was a very cool thing. We got a yes from both of them, so we're like, oh, so wow, now we gotta make the game for consoles. So we started making the port for the consoles, and we released the game on Xbox One and PS4 just a few weeks ago in January. And I mean, so far the reception has been uh, great on both platforms. We we got a lot of support. Especially from the Xbox guys, after an event, uh, an Xbox Fan Fest event in Mexico City that we uh, went to, and we met Phil Spencer over there and Mayor Nelson, and a lot of these guys from the Xbox, the Xbox uh, company, the Xbox community, and we we are getting a lot of support from these people, and we are very thankful for them for that. And uh, yeah, I mean, Hunter Legacy is available on all of these platforms for you to check out. And it's it's again made uh, made for you to uh, go back to previous areas after you get new abilities and open new paths, new secrets, get uh, get, get to look at new stuff. And it's a game that uh, that teaches you all of its mechanics purely through game design. We 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 didn't want to put in like this uh, common tutorials kind of stuff. It, it's a game that is very inspired by the design principles of games from the 16-bit era in this way. So it's a game that treats you with a lot of intelligence. It yeah. treats you as an intelligent player that wants you to just learn how to do stuff just by trying and by looking at the design of it. So this leads me on to my first sort of design-based question now. So, brace yourself. <laughs> so, okay. this is the first of four, all right? You'll be all fine. Right. You'll be fine. Just deep That's breath. It. You'll be fine. Uh, so, the first one is, it's an open-world game, as you've mentioned earlier. It's a wonderful open-world. I love I love those, because you, you, it's just like, oh, I can go here. I can go there. But one thing that I think uh, your the Hunter's Legacy does uh, really, really well, but I want you to describe how it does it well, is how do you communicate to the player that maybe this area they're venturing into isn't really yet for them? They haven't quite got enough power or abilities. How do you think the game communicates that to them? We we did that mostly by putting an obstacle in front of you or along the way, an obstacle that you cannot uh, that you cannot get past it. Right. For instance, and without spoiling anything, but there on on on. Through the the first half of the game, you get an ability that allows you to destroy some uh, blocks that were previously uh, undestroyable, undestructible. So, for instance, an example would be that uh, previously there was a path to a new area, but that path was blocked by some of these blocks. And there's no way for you to really go forward with it. 
or for instance, uh, an ability that lets you reach uh, further distances. So we that the door to the next area to a, to a further area is it's uh, on a cliff. It, 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 I mean, it's after a cliff that is wide enough for you to be to not be able to to cross it over without disability. So we we did that by limiting the player's access to areas that they shouldn't be able to uh, to go at the moment. That's yeah, that's what I found is that if you can get to somewhere legally without going through some weird jumps and hoops and trying to get over an obstacle, then you're okay to be there. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's really important because with an open world game, that's really tough for you to manage because yes, it's open world, you can go anywhere you like within reason. I'm not going to you know, there are other ways of doing that where basically you put monsters or creatures in there that are so phenomenally powerful you know you have no business being there so uh, right and yeah. this was a challenge during testing because uh, when we did the testing we had uh, players from different backgrounds right. and some we we had some players who were speedrunners oh yeah and yeah. and these people know how to break games yeah and That's, they yeah. got they got into areas that they weren't supposed to uh, at the during their their progression on the game and we were like oh damn we yeah. got to we got to fix that right so yeah. it was a challenge it it it, it, it was a very cool challenge a very, a very cool thing to look at when you have players players with different um let's say abilities or different uh, ways of playing yeah so uh, my next question well done done the first one next question i want to talk about the animation because it's incredible the screenshots of this game of hunter's legacy do not do it justice everyone uh you need to see it move um, because there are so many frames of animation in these char- in, in in the characters, everything, not just the main character, but everything, everyone. Um, how was that impacted on the sort of the movement of the of these creatures and characters? Do you think animation is very important in giving life to the characters? I think it's very important to have a, a, not only a good looking or an attractive uh, main protagonist. Uh, uh, in the case, like nice looking kitty for yeah. us yeah, yeah. but it's, it's important to have that kitty that cat or that character just express something through the uh, through the his or her expressions and way of moving mm-hmm. that's a very important thing for us funny thing funny that you mentioned it uh we actually didn't work with an animator for this game this this game was made almost entirely by just two people by the programmer by this programmer and an artist and then I jumped in for the uh, marketing, PR, publishing, QA, all this, all this stuff, right? But the technical part of the game, just the development, was made by just a programmer and an artist, no animator in there. So uh, we're working right now with an animator for another project, but for this one, for Hunter's Legacy, we didn't. So it was a challenge, definitely. And uh, they, uh, I just, I saw the sprite sheets. They made all the sprites for each individual frame of animation. They just a software that oh my god I, I don't remember the name of the software it was Sprite something I'm pretty sure uh, if you're if you are well known into this kind of stuff you may you may know this uh, this software but yeah they 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 use software for just making all the sprite sheets and they uh, the artist just went into full detail with each frame for each sprite right. so a, a lot of this has to do with the detail. Uh, on each sprite, all the art of this game is hand drawn. 
all of it, hundred percent of it. Yeah, yeah, so, that's 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 stunning. Um, uh, the whole thing looks beautiful. I, I think it's that's the one thing that really struck me when I first started playing. It was the fluidity of the movement because the amount of frames is phenomenal. So that sprite sheet must be just page after page after page because it's just unbelievable. Really is. Um, you say it's inspired by a 16-bit game, but this is not a 16-bit game. Um, no 16-bit game could possibly do this uh, because it would just fall over. It wouldn't be able to animate the sprite at all. It wouldn't be able to do it because there's so many frames. And Definitely. It just, yeah, yeah, it just adds to the experience because the combat's there, the the yeah, the the jumping and the you know the, the fluidity of having to move around the, the levels uh, is is vital in order to you know progress. And uh, if you got that wrong, it would have everything else would have fallen over. But you seem to have, yeah, uh, it's quite quite extraordinary uh, thing to to, to see uh, to see it move. And I do recommend everyone to to, to go see it move. It's just amazing. Um, my next question: This is about one of the weapons, namely the ranged weapon and the arrow, the bow and arrows. Um, two things about it, really. First of all. Why is there limited ammunition? <laughs> and second, I know why you did it, but I want you to tell me why. And the second is, talk us about how you have to aim it. You, you mean you stop, don't you, and then aim and then fire? How did how did it? How basically, I want you to talk us through the evolution of the ranged weapon in its development. Has it always been there? Was it something that was added later? And how did it come about? Right, so, uh, well, the first question, we, we limited the ammunition because we, um, we basically like to make people, uh, suffer a bit. We, we, we want to, we want people to have a challenge, right? So, okay. Okay. uh, we, for uh, the moment when we started making, uh, working on this game, we wanted the game to be challenging. Not impossible, not, frustrating but challenging we want this to be a game that treats you with respect in the sense that uh Hunter legacy thing treats you as a player that uh that can beat this but you gotta make some effort for it right i mean you you can do it but it will take you some effort so in 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 a way we want to make this a thing so just limiting the ammunition was uh, one of the design choices to achieve that uh, and well, the boy and arrow was uh, there almost since the beginning of the game, uh, because M. J. Iki is is a huntress, is a kitty in this sort of uh, fantasy medieval sort of setting. So it was just an uh, the boy and arrow was a natural weapon um, to 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 have in there, right? And uh, it was it was certainly one of the most challenging aspects uh, in terms of of. Uh, of making it feel right, uh, especially the the aiming thing. We we had a lot of uh, feedback with aiming the bow and arrow when we just first unveiled the game to the public back in October 2015, and after right. that we just we just started attending events and going to expos with the game with a demo, and we got a lot of feedback on how the bow felt. And then we got some testers to come over to the studio and just play and play and play for hours upon hours with it. And uh, after looking at those uh, th- those uh, gaming sessions, uh, we we got a lot of a lot of very good feedback on the bow and arrow. And we just went through the cycle of improvements, especially in how it aimed, because it was first maybe a bit uh, had it had a bit of. Um, 
rough sensitivity. It was very sensitive, and then it wasn't enough. And then, I mean, I do not, I, I, I do not know where am I shooting at, and a lot of tweaks here and there. That was a very challenging, uh, challenging thing uh, to do. So. Uh, at, at one time, the idea of, of allowing Iki to move while while aiming and, and shooting was was uh, brought in there, but it it proved to be a bit too challenging because of the controls and the balancing of that. So in the end, we end, we ended up uh, uh, scratching that, but we may revisit the idea for uh, for the future for uh, for a possible sequel. But yeah, I mean, just uh, just being able to have the aiming feel right was a big a big challenging of just. Uh, feedback, just having someone play it and then change it and then have the same person play it and then a new person play it. Just, uh, it was a continuous cycle of just improving and improving with that. And, uh, at the end result, I think is very, it, it's, it's, it's good. It's a good result. I think it, it's, it's easy enough to, to aim the ball. It does have a learning curve to it. I'm, I'm not lying with that, but it's, uh, I think that, the, that the learning curve for the ball is part of the natural thing. Of a of a of a new mechanic in a platformer. Yeah, agreed. I just wanted to talk about it because I found it fascinating that you've got this this uh, every game. A lot of platformers attempt to do this, and they all do it in a different way. And you've certainly done a a, a great job with it. I think it's it certainly shows that it's evolved. It's definitely evolved out of a, an original idea. It feels like it. That's why it works so well because it's been it evolved over time. Um, so as all things do typically, but the, definitely this aspect of Hunter's, Leg- Hunter's Legacy, it, it reeks of um, iteration after iteration. So thanks for sharing about that. Oh, no, no problem. No problem at all. I mean, any question, we are more than happy to just talk about it all day if needed. So it appear. So last, last question. I know we'd love to talk about more and more uh, about Hunter's Legacy, but I've, we have a limited time and... Uh, it's uh, it, but it's been fantastic chatting to you. But last question, I want to talk about the enemies because they're fascinating. The the the, the, the design of them is very very interesting. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, uh, but we played this uh, play Hunter's Legacy within the first hour. You will encounter some very strange things very quickly, <laughs> very quickly, yeah. and uh, like, well, what's that doing? Why is that just falling on my head? I was just walking along. Next minute, it's chewing my face off. So, um, <laughs> I want you to talk about in con- in abstract terms because I don't want to to spoil anything. But the enemy design does ramp up with their the difficulty. Initially, you start off these little strange little insect like larvae, crustacean things crawling along, and then all of a sudden these larvae are flying in some cases, and then you get these wild boar, and then it gets really weird. <laughs> um, but um, could you talk to us about their design and how have you managed their complexity versus their difficulty? Yeah, I mean some of the uh, some of the later enemies are really a pain. I mean we we really wanted enemies to get uh, more uh, difficult and difficult as as you go through the areas of the game. And we also set the goal to have new enemies in each area so as to make them more unique, right? And um, a, a very basic thing, like a rule for us, was to make them simple, like simple in design, simple to understand, and simple in programming, but different and new. And that was a, that was a very important thing for us to keep in mind. Uh, a lot of them came out from the from previous concepts. 
uh, that the art is there for this universe. So we just got some of these concepts and adapt them to enemies. But we really wanted to just uh, to t- to get a- get enemies that feel different from each other. We, you have the classic enemy that you just beat by just hitting it with a sword. Then you have the enemy that you have to first shoot it with a magic arrow before being able to do something. Uh, something to eat, and you have a lot of, as you say, a lot of weird stuff in there. Especially later in the game, they get really, really, really crazy. But at the same time, if you go, if you get a deep look into them, they get crazy, but they don't stop being simple enough, simple to understand. And I, I think that was a very, a very important thing to us, as to not overwhelm the player, but just challenge them. And that balance is a very difficult thing uh, to achieve. I'm gonna be honest with that. It's 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 something very uh, tough in terms of game design. And I think like the the real answer to that, uh, how we did that, was just by testing it. Was just uh, creating an enemy, implementing the enemy, and just playing, playing, and playing through the levels over and over again, and just testing the, how they felt. And yeah, I mean, as with any game, uh, some of them got caught. From the game uh, because uh, it, it quality over quantity, right? But we, uh, it was yeah, it was a lot of, of just going through the game and through the game and, and, and playing through these enemies and and we, as you mentioned before, on the on the the animation stuff, we wanted to give the enemies as well some personality to the way in the way that they moved and looked. So we wanted to have these uh, ground enemies, this uh, this uh, air enemies, and. You have variety in that. A lot of that also came from just playing other games in the genre and looking at other uh, of the enemies of, of other right. of some of the best uh, and uh, well known games on the industry. And we look at them and we we learn we learn a lot. Um, I'm, I'm just putting an example of something that is very different, but we learn a lot from Doom. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Doom, Doom has Doom doesn't have many different enemies. No, it I doesn't. mean the the, no. n- the number of enemies isn't that big. No. But all of them, all of them play differently. I mean, you the approach you gotta take to each and every one of them is very different. And uh, if you look at them deeply, they are all very simple in design. So we we took a look a look to, to that, and and we we kind of want to look how they achieve that, and just. It, 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 in many cases, is by how they attack. They attack differently. So we we took that concept and brought it over to Hunter's Legacy and the design of our enemies. Yeah, it's uh, it's brilliant to be inspired by by Doom because that game has a lot to answer for. Uh, um, I've seen it played as as a game that's um, almost like when you play it at ultimate difficulty, uh, it's more like a puzzle game. <laughs> It definitely is. It comes. Yeah. It comes a puzzle game. Does it make it like? It does. Wait, what? It, it is. Once you see it, mm-hmm. as if you go to Giant Bomb and watch Brad Shoemaker, there's a video of him playing Doom, the original Doom in Ultimate Difficulty, and it just he demonstrates it brilliantly. Like, okay, yeah. okay, I've got to go there, 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 and I've got it. And it's just, and it is. It's just positioning yourself, aiming the, the reticule, or aiming the gun at a certain thing at a certain time. It's just brilliant, and uh, yeah, I, I, it shines through for Hunter's Legacy. It's been inspired by that because, yeah, the enemy design is very, very difficult, and uh, it's uh, to get right. Uh, and you don't want frustration. You don't want sort of, 
oh, I can't make this, it's ridiculous, now it's doing this. But on the other hand, when when you discover new enemies, that's one of the things that drives me when I play. I'm a big explorer. I love seeing worlds created by others and inhabiting them and experiencing them. This is why I like games like, you know, GTA or... Or, or, or Skyrim, you know, and that kind of stuff. I, I love those because just seeing the, the worlds these people created, some of them are familiar with, we're familiar with, some of them we're not that familiar with. And uh, it's just, you know, it's another reason why I carried on playing Fallout 3 right to the end, even though it got a bit silly. And it's still okay to, to like that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's so, yeah, you've done a great job. And that's why I like I wanted to have you on the show to talk about the uh, Hunter's Legacy because it, it it definitely scratches that itch of exploring and seeing new things and going what 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 is that okay well first thing I'm going to try and get it <laughs> and it's just right. it's really really good so yeah um, so there we are it's the end sad face I know all good things must come to to an end Hunter's Legacy is out on Steam is that uh, Windows PC. Yeah, it's on Steam for PC and Mac, and Mac as well. And Mac, there you go. I should know and that, it's, but um, um, I, I, I have a gaming PC, but my laptop is a, is a Macintosh, so um, I have to be careful about that when I go on the plane to make sure um, <laughs> that I can actually download it. And it's also on PS4 and Xbox One, is that right? That's correct, yeah. It's a Steam, PC, Mac, Xbox One, PS4. It's yeah. over there on all platforms. It's it's very cheap. It's it's, it's not expensive at all. No, no. And it, and it's it's not a short game either. No, I mean, it's, no. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's uh, if if you just go through it uh, without getting all the upgrades and, and exploring everything, the average player takes around six to eight hours. Yep. But yep. if you want to get 100% of it, that's... Uh, ten plus hours for that game. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's, so for the price, I think it's 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 it's, it's a good it's a good catch. And uh, yeah. I, I don't you... really. Yeah, I mean, are you, you're right. There's lots, it's a huge amount of content in there. But you know, on, conversely, you get a game like Stanley Parable, which takes about twenty minutes. Still brilliant. You know, right? And it's, it's only twenty minutes long, but it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We 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 believe that uh, the quality or quantity, if if a game is short but it's great, doesn't matter the length. No. But many people do ask us about the length of the oh, game. No. For oh, many no. people, it is still an important thing. Is, so yeah. I just wanted to make that clear out for everyone. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a short game. I love the, having this conversation about about uh, the game length because it's fascinating. Because you know, I, I just find it. It's it's not about. You're right. It's all about quantity. It's all about quality and. You know, pouring that amount of content into something and not making right. pointless busy work just to fluff or get in the way. And this doesn't happen. In, in there's some moments where there's I find it's it's it's, it's a peaky game in that some moments uh, you're kind of serene, just sort of dropping between platforms. Just, you know, you're just going across and it's all very well and you're all familiar with it. All of a sudden, oh god, what's this? You know, and it's just, <laughs> it sort of peaks. And it's, there's peaks and troughs, and it's lovely because otherwise, if it's a steady sort of like monotone sort of thing, then it becomes dull, and you don't want that. No one wants that. I agree, hundred percent agree. And I don't know why, but as I get older, well, I mean, I'm I'm still super super young, right? Yeah, yeah. But now, right, I I have a full time job, and I'm that's that's a fact. I'm getting older, uh, but I'm kind of leaning more towards shorter games. Yeah, the the yeah. more I, I grow up, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe the, the time thing. I don't know. But I, I, I'm appreciating more and more shorter games that are good. 
Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's that's a very important thing yeah, for you, us. You, you can't to... play World of Warcraft anymore. Sorry. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, I, I played The Witcher three last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's a, that's a big that took yeah. that took me like six months wow. to beat. Yeah, really. That's a, that's a beast. But yeah. um, well, um, Aldofo, it's it's been it's been great having you on. Thank you very very much for sharing your experiences and your your time with us today. No, I mean, on the contrary, thank you for having me. It's a big, big honor, really, just being able to talk about our work at the end. So uh, everyone listening, check out Hunter's Legacy and just uh, send us your feedback, your comments, your questions. Our website is lienso.mx, and you can check all our info and get in touch with us over there. We would love to hear your thoughts. And I don't know when you guys are going to be listening to this, but just like a, a small hype thing, we have an announcement uh, very in, in, in this in these days. Right. We we have a big unveiling. Okay. So I hope you guys check it out. It's gonna be on our website, and you will see it everywhere if you go into our website. And, and I'm sure it's gonna be covered by many many news. We're gonna be showing a lot of our other games. So okay, well, yeah. that's very exciting. Stay- Stay tuned to that. Yes. That's gonna go live next week. So we are recording this on. Uh, we are recording this on the week of um, what day is today? It's ninth of February. Right? Ninth of yeah. February. So this is going so next it's week. Probably a week after next because we got like a little bit of a backlog of shows. But yeah, yeah. So it'll be uh, after them. But next week so. after this, we'll, things will be known. So we're, we're right. talking in the future. So interesting. Awesome. So yeah. by the time you are listening to this, uh, you or this uh, this uh, thing, yeah. work of us is already out there. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Check time. our website. We will. We, yes. We'll be in the show notes. Go to the show notes. We'll be there. Well, that would be awesome. Uh, Aldafo, it's been fantastic having you on. As I've already said, uh, you're welcome to come back on to chat about those new games when they're closer to fruition and uh, closer to completion. Because that's how we roll with this show. We uh, talk about games as they are finished, uh, when they've just been come out, so we can chat about them and uh, big them up and uh, raise the raise their profile, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, wish you the very best of luck. Cool. Yeah, thank you so so much for having me, and I'd love to be back as soon as we have more stuff to show you and talk about. It's been a pleasure being here. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review and you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, should we say, of spong.com. Bye!